Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on Christmas Eve Eve. Hope you are well today. Lots to look forward to this week. I hope that uh, you have been good boys and girls this year, so you will get uh, your just reward later this week i hope that's the case it has uh been a couple days since we've been together and i apologize for uh, not doing an episode of i am steve r in a while i've been exceptionally busy trying to finish up the uh the holiday book tour today will be the last signing of 2020 i will be at the lodge from 12 to 4 so by the time many of you listen to this that will already be ongoing or be over but uh, looking forward to that. One of the things I wanted to do here at the very end is uh, support our local merchants. And uh, so I didn't do a lot of travel towards the end this year. And there are some uh, bookstores in Mississippi like Barnes & Noble and Mary that aren't doing book signings. So that kind of played into it as well. Last year, the week of Christmas, I did a book signing every day all the way up to Christmas Eve. And uh, this year, I'll be honest with you, I didn't have it in me. But uh, it's been a great run, and I uh, got news over the weekend that uh, Alpha Dog's still on the Mississippi Best Sours list, and I want to thank all of you for that. So many of you have been so supportive over the years, and uh, I'm eternally grateful. And uh, as I share with some people I loved last night, this has been a great time in my life to be able to, uh, you know, to write these books and to share the Mississippi State story with, uh, with other generations. And there's a lot of our stories that... Uh, you know, we're kind of buried and lost forever. And that pains me a great deal. But uh, I have been very, very grateful for so many people that have shared their Mississippi State experience with me. And we've been able to publicize that and uh, publish it in many respects for the first time. So that's out there. And, uh, you know, today will be a good day and we'll finish up and then I'll enjoy some downtime. And then we'll get ready to go to a bowl game again. And uh, we've kind of gotten grown accustomed to that. And uh, there was some, uh, you know, there was some movement, I guess you could say. And I'm told for about a half hour yesterday there was a possibility of of Mississippi State going to Liberty Bowl, but that was quickly uh, quashed. I know some of you would have preferred that being a little bit closer to home, but uh, that did not come to pass. So one week from tomorrow, we will be in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, it's going to be kind of a skeleton crew for us. I don't know who all is going from the site. I know that I am going. I already had my credential approved. Looking forward to seeing the Bulldogs play one more time. And listen, it's been a lot of fun to watch Mississippi State play here the last uh, month or so. And uh, excited. Excited once again because there were times this year we all worried about the streak. And some people would say, well, you know, Steve, we're, we're kind of getting in by default. You know, the fact that we're in is we're in. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I understand, too, that Mike Leach has allowed the players to go home for Christmas. Some would say that's a calculated risk. Many of your players have not been home since June. Some have not been home since March. And when I say home, I mean, you know, many of them live uh, at the far reaches of the country. But uh, there have not been many players that have gone home uh, since June. There have been some, but not very many. Many of them elected to stay here. And, of course, your coaching staff 
wanting to ensure that, uh, you know, we stay COVID-free as best we can. And there was a huge spike, as you guys know, nationally uh, with the COVID virus after the Thanksgiving holiday. And it, it's funny, every time we get together, there's the big spike after Halloween. There's a big spike after Thanksgiving. And I'm certain there'll be a big spike after Christmas. You know, hopefully we will be able to, uh, to navigate to all of that and be able to put together a, uh, you know, quality effort next Thursday. So that's, that's the plan. Next Thursday we'll be there. And uh, more on the bowl picture a little bit later in the show. Had Bulldog Burger Company for dinner last night. You guys should have as well. I had the big salad. I had the BLT, not the Seinfeld big salad that uh, Michelle Forbes was, uh, was guilty of, who was George's girlfriend at the time, which, which leads me to believe, too, that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of short-term relationships in the Seinfeld world. But um, be that as it may, didn't finish the salad. I've told you guys the portions are so substantial there that uh, if you're really hungry and you really want to eat, Bulldog Burger Company is the way to go. We had the, uh, let me think here for a second. We had uh, the jalapeno poppers burger is one of uh, our delicacies last night. I'm a big fan of that. It's not overbearing, okay? So if you like a little kick, that's a good way to go. But it's not, it's not something you, you, it's like, oh, wow, this is it's too much for me. That's not the case. We always have the spring rolls, as you should as well, to make you and everyone around you better looking, and we all need more of that. Now, two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And if you can't make it, let me encourage you, go to eatwithus.com and order some gift cards. They're going to be starving college students in your family. They're going to be, you know, opportunities for you to use them at later dates. Perhaps you didn't make many college football games this year. Our local Starkville vendors could certainly use your support. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and Tupelo, go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, since we were together, some cool things have happened. Let's get caught up. On Monday night, Mississippi State men's basketball took care of Mississippi Valley State. It's uh, considered one of the worst programs in all of Division I basketball. Uh, 87-48 is your final. We'll quickly run through some numbers here in case you haven't seen them. State dominates the first half with 42-25 lead and then goes on to expand that 45-23 there in the second half. Uh, you know, State, I'll be honest with you, they're playing a little bit better than I had anticipated, and it makes a big difference having Iverson Molinar on the floor. He's your leading scorer on Monday night with 18 points. Six of ten from the floor, two of three from the three-point line, and four of four from the free-throw line. Pulls down five rebounds, five assists, zero turnovers, even pitched in a block and two steals. D.J. Stewart becoming a star right before our eyes. Five of eight from the floor, three of four from three. Got to get a little bit better on the free throws. And uh, did pull down three boards, committed just one foul and two turnovers, a steal, and pitched in 15 points. Tulu Smith, who has kind of become a double-double machine, 13 points, 12 rebounds, and again, six of eight from the floor. Free throw shooting is still a bit of an adventure for him, just one for four. Uh, Jalen Johnson, grad transfer from Louisiana Lafayette, is a double-digit scorer once again. And, and it seems that we're playing much better with him in the starting lineup. Ben Howland even said as much uh, in his uh, presser a couple days ago. Abdul Adu, 23 minutes of action, 43, pardon me, two of four from the uh, floor and misses one free throw, pulls down three rebounds, two personal fouls, and it's good to see him playing without fouling. That does commit two turnovers, gets a block, a steal, um, and uh, four points there. Off the bench, Quentin Post, who is becoming a very reliable player for Mississippi State as a six-man uh, 15 minutes of action, four of six from the floor, two of three from the free throw line. 
gets a rebound and assists, one turnover and 10 points. Those are your leaders. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing the Bulldogs play again. They will open SEC play, as you guys are aware, against the University of Georgia on the road at Georgia. Pardon me. Yeah, on the road at Georgia next Wednesday. So we'll see how things go with them. But, again, it is a transition year. But we are playing probably a little bit ahead of schedule and uh, probably would have a better record if Iverson Molinar hadn't missed the first couple of ball games. You Mississippi State women 5-1, and one, as you guys are well aware by now. They have wrapped up non-conference play and will open next Thursday, 6 p.m. at the University of Georgia. So both men and women will open SEC play at Georgia. All right, also of note, we've had three Mississippi State football freshmen make the all-SEC team, all-SEC freshman team. Not a huge surprise there. Will Rogers didn't make it, and uh, I know that is much to the chagrin of uh, several Mississippi State fans. That's not to take anything away from the season he's had. Uh, Will's doing a really good job for us. But uh, the freshmen that do make the list, left tackle Charles Cross, a redshirt freshman, and he will be a redshirt freshman again next year. That question continues to kind of elude. The answer to that eludes some Mississippi State fans. This year doesn't count for anybody, whether they be seniors, freshmen, whatever. And so that does kind of create a little bit of a logjam with the 83-85 uh, the limit here in, in the years to come. So some schools may elect to, uh, to have a smaller signing class here in the next year or two. But uh, Charles Cross makes it. Emmanuel Forbes makes it. Jaden Wiley makes it. I think all three of those are probably uh, – no doubt selections, and uh, it really bodes well for the future of the Mississippi State program. Also of note, Jaden Wiley earns second-team freshman All-American honors by the Athletic. Honorable mention, All-American Martin Emerson. So Bulldogs uh, getting some guys out there. And listen, secondary was expected to be a, a bit of a weakness for us this year, and at times it has been. But by and large, this group, despite the fact they're down five safeties, has played really well. They've played really well. And uh, I'm eager to see what we do against Tulsa. Tulsa is uh, very much a run-first team. They have an exceptional defense. You know, we ought to be able to go out there and out-athlete them. Uh, They do play a lot of off-coverage, which I think Mike Leach is probably kind of licking his chops about. And so I think we'll have an opportunity to kind of run the offense the way that we want to run it. It's going to be about, you know, can we play good defense against them? Uh, They're a team that likes to kind of shorten the game and limit your possessions. But uh, I, I, like our, I like the matchup. I think State has a great chance to win. And quite frankly, I would rather play them than West Virginia. West Virginia, of course, uh, Neil Brown, kind of all in that same, uh, you know, Art Browse, Mike Leach family tree there. And so they would have a lot more information, a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff uh, because of the tendencies Mississippi State will, will show that it's basically the Mike Leach system. So eager to see kind of how things progress really like this young team, and uh, what would it mean to this team and to our fan base to close out with a couple of wins, right? Get into February, close out a good signing class, and before you know it, we're back on the spring practice field. And what this team needs, probably more so than anything else, is a win and then a strong offseason. Eager to see what Tyson Brown does with them. You guys are aware we broke the news here uh, about a week or so ago. Mississippi State has signed a contract extension with both Zach Arnett and Tyson Brown. And in this day and time with uh, financial difficulties facing many athletic departments around the country, it's good that Mississippi State had both the financial means and the foresight to go ahead and do that. There's going to, with all these coaching changes around the country, there's always going to be coordinators that are in demand. 
Now, here's the thing to understand about all that, too. It's just because somebody has a contract extension does not mean that another school can or can't come out and sign them, but they'll have to pay the buyout. I understand that Zach Garnett has signed a multi-year deal that would take a substantial buyout. That's not to say that a Blue Blood program around the country uh, wouldn't be able to pony up and buy that contract out. We saw that with Brian Baker. You know, Brian Baker, of course, defensive line coach at Mississippi State, signed an extension and then about two weeks later took a job at the University of Alabama and was eventually moved off the field and he ultimately went back to the National Football League. So while you should breathe a sigh of relief about Zach Arnett because we have locked him up, uh, for the most part, there are some teams out there that could afford to buy that contract out. LSU, of course, one of them. But here's the deal with LSU, and we're going to talk a little more about the kind of the, uh, the state of the SEC here a little bit later in the show. I think everybody kind of understands that Ed Orgeron's staff is, will probably be gone this time next year. I think everybody sees that. Of course, uh, LSU really kind of gutting the entire staff there. Bo Pelini was fired. They had to buy his contract out. Uh, Steve Insminger is going to retire and take another position within the football uh, program, but he will come off the field. Uh, several, several adjustments made to the staff there at LSU. And the problem runs in, and we, we experienced some of this when Jackie Sherrill was our coach in 2003, and I don't say this to be negative about Coach Sherrill. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jackie Sherrill. Um, but, you know, back in 03, you know, we're having some staff changes and that sort of stuff. And then, you know, the difficulty comes in hiring coaches because there's a lot of people that say, you know, well, I want to move my family. And then this staff get fired a year later and I got to move again. Some of that is just life and times in the coaching business. But it makes it difficult. It really does. And if you look around the country right now, look at some of these hires being made. You know, Butch Jones goes to Louisiana Monroe. Uh, you know, uh, Brett Bielema goes to Illinois. There's a lot of retreads out there. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of these things that are happening, and you're getting experienced coaches, and you're getting them on the cheap. And to, to me, that is really more of the COVID impact when it comes to the coaching carousel. It hasn't stopped anybody from getting fired, but it has probably forced people to be a little more financially prudent when it comes to hiring decisions. Shane Beamer, of course, a first-time head coach, takes a job at South Carolina. Uh, Parson from Boise State gets the job at Auburn. You know, they just paid $21 million for Gus Malzahn to leave. You know, you, you know as well as I do, they couldn't pony up and pay huge money again. And I, listen, Auburn is Auburn. I get it. But I think everybody is kind of uh, having to kind of strap it up here and be a little smarter with their money. And so if you look at these hires around the country, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are looking to get back into a head coaching position or guys that, uh, you know, are, are, are up-and-comers. Look at Will Hall at Southern Miss. And so there's a lot of these decisions that have been made where you've had some guys that have moved along, but you haven't had that blockbuster hire. You haven't had somebody go out and hire Urban Meyer. You haven't had somebody go out, uh, you know, and and take a sitting Power 5 head coach and move him to another location. So by and large, it's been people that have been out of coaching or looking for a promotion. Uh, and so I think that's interesting. I think that is one of those things you look at, and probably there is a lot of evidence to support that, that uh, everybody's trying to go a little bit cheaper on the front end with their coaching hires. Now, what does that mean for teams like Mississippi State? Well, I think if we have some continuity and we just kind of stay the course here, and I know that many of our fans here a month ago uh, were not on board with that, but, um, you know, of course, Dr. Keenum Athletic Director John Cohen not going to conduct a Twitter poll about uh, hiring decisions. But it's a lot of that noise has kind of quieted down a little bit. It has been because we have played better. And I think a lot of our fans have kind of said, you know what, 
this is going to work out. We just got to give it a little bit of time. We just need to be patient here and wait on Mike Leach. And that's the thing what I was told behind the scenes is when they first discussed the possibility of going to a ball game with our team, that it was pretty much unanimous. But the loudest voices in the room were those young guys, guys like Jaden Wally and Will Rogers. Yeah, we want to play. And that's what's so interesting about the dynamic at Mississippi State is why you have some very talented and vocal seniors, guys like Kobe Jones and guys like Errol Thompson, in many respects, especially on offense, the leaders of this team are young guys. And so, yeah, they want to go play. And there are some other teams around the country that don't want to go play. There are a lot of people that would rather go home for Christmas rather than continue to play football. And I think Mike Leach has mentioned that, you know, guys that sign up to play football want to play football. And there's a lot of people out there that I think on the Mississippi State roster that want to continue to play football. They're having fun. We all had a lot of fun on Saturday. And that that game was so – lopsided in the second half that we were able to enjoy the fourth quarter for the first time in really a long time because even when we played Vanderbilt even with that game it got a little bit dicey at times late and even some of our fans were saying well you know if they don't commit all these turnovers and and, you know let let me inform you turnovers are part of the game of football as are injuries and this year has COVID testing has been as well we're all dealing with the same things that's all part of the gig but you know what? We go into the fourth quarter at Ole Miss. We're fighting from behind. We go to Georgia. We, you know, we're even at one point, and then we're having to try to make a score late. But the fourth quarters were exciting. Auburn, not so much. Auburn, you know, it was a tight ball game for a while, and Auburn makes a score to kind of put the game away. But against Mizzou, we had a 44 to 18 lead in the fourth quarter, and so at that point, we're just trying to run the clock out. And, and you notice that uh, Mike Leach ran the football a lot more. And I think a lot of that, too, is just, you know what, let's go ahead and get out of here with our W and not get anybody hurt. Played a lot of young guys. Uh, even had Jay Jemison out there knocking a pass down. Jay Jemison, a uh, walk-on player at Mississippi State, got it one to beat Mississippi State uh, all along. But I think you can feel like, you know what, maybe we haven't turned the corner just yet, but I think we're coming up on the intersection. I think we're, I think we're really close. And if we can close out with a solid bowl win over a good Tulsa team at 6-2 and two this year, very, very stingy on defense. If we find a way to go win that ball game, uh, it'll be the first bowl win that we've had in a little while. You know, I guess since we beat Lamar Jackson with an interim staff under Greg Knox. And, of course, Joe Moorhead wins a couple of egg bowls and loses two bowl games. And so both times it put a real damper on the season. It's like you beat Ole Miss, then you go to the Outback Bowl, and you look woefully unprepared. And we had one of the best defenses in the country that year, and we blew it. And then we go play Louisville last year in the Music City Bowl, and uh, Tommy Stevens had a tough ball game. And so you lose that final ball game, and you're just thinking, you know what, man, this absolutely sucks. So as frustrating as this season has been, you know, if we could close out on a high note, beat Missouri, win the ball game, then I think we're, we begin to feel like, okay, we're in the right direction here. We're trending in a positive direction. College guys, not the only guys getting some uh, awards. Three Mississippi State Bulldogs in the NFL named all pro. Or named the Pro Bowl, excuse me. Fletcher Cox for the sixth consecutive year. Fletcher Cox is a guy, man. Uh, He is a real dude. And everybody knows it. That uh, front office of Philadelphia has kind of failed them at times. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz signed a big contract. And it's like, if I'm not going to be the starter, then trade me or let me go. We'll see what happens. It's awfully interesting. Jalen Hurts, a lot of people thought would never be an NFL quarterback because uh, kind of breathed new life into that franchise here in the last couple of weeks. But Fletcher Cox has been a mainstay in the NFC East, one of the best defensive linemen in all of football, and we're proud to call him one of our own. 
and he spends a lot of time and effort uh, back in the state of Mississippi. I don't know if you're aware of this. He is suspected of being a, uh, a Christmas elf this year. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Canton Walmart, somebody called up to the Canton Walmart and uh, paid for all the layaways for Christmas, all the Christmas layaways. Somebody did that, and while Fletcher Cox has never claimed responsibility for that, a lot of people suggested that it was he. I don't know how that story ends up, but I'm glad whether it was Fletcher Cox or somebody else, uh, I'm glad they did it in the spirit of Christmas. I think it's wonderful. After the year we've had, and a lot of people out there are very financially strapped, and then somebody with some means stepped up and did something wonderful for a lot of kids. I think it's an amazing thing. I can only begin to imagine how much fun it was to make those phone calls to tell people their layaways were, canceled, were paid off. Chris Jones also named to the Pro Bowl. Not a big surprise, but, you know, how great is it for Chris in a contract year? You know, he was the guy that they, uh, you know, they put the franchise tag on, and there was some, you know, some worry about that. And uh, But here he is in the contract year putting together a Pro Bowl season. Uh, Chris is about to get paid. I don't know when uh, that, you know, that, that whole market opens up again. I don't know what the collecting bargaining agreement allows. But Chris Jones is about to get Fletcher Cox type of money. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question Chris wants to stay in Kansas City. They did franchise him. They could always franchise him again. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, after what's happened with Dak, and we still believe Dak's going to sign a really big paycheck here pretty soon, how great it is for Chris that to turn in a huge season in the year when, when you know, his career probably needs it more than any. You, know, you win the Super Bowl last year and you get a Pro Bowl uh, you know, selection this year. A guy's just beginning to enter the peak of his career, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to pay handsomely to keep him. Elton Jenkins, the first Green Bay Packer offensive lineman since 1970 to start at center, guard, and tackle. He is absolutely the most versatile offensive lineman, perhaps, in the National Football League, and he makes a Pro Bowl. Uh, I I shared yesterday, you know, the scout.com would not give me three stars for him. State was on him pretty late, and it was kind of advancing towards signing day, and they wouldn't give me three stars for him, despite the fact that his film clearly showed that he was a a player. And then we saw, I remember that 2015 uh, ball game, and we go out there and play in the – Played uh, who, who, NC State up there at, uh, at the Carolina Panthers uh, ball game and uh, uh, stadium. Excuse me. We go up there and win that ball game, and Elton Jenkins is out there, kind of paving the way. Had one of his best games of his career at Mississippi State as a very young guy. And I remember that 2016 Egg Bowl. You had Ole Miss defenders kind of diving to get out of his way. This is a guy who was a great player at Mississippi State and a great leader, and he's earned every bit of this. I remember. When he was in high school, when he had signed with Mississippi State, we didn't have any good pictures of him. And I happened to be in Clarksville, Mississippi, to see my son, who was playing college baseball, playing juco ball, and uh, made arrangements to go by Elton Jenkins' house and take a picture. And I remember how nervous he was just to take the picture. And he goes out and puts his Mississippi State shirt on, and there's a picture that I took in the database of him just basically standing in his carport, you know, outside of his yard. And this is a guy that comes from very humble beginnings, from a great family, and uh, he has earned every bit of this. And it's one of those things we talk about. There are a lot of people that it's fun to kind of root for them. And that's what we've got with these guys. It's fun to root for these guys that really kind of come from humble beginnings, from small Mississippi towns that are now at the top of the game in pro football. It's incredible. And, uh, listen, I give Dan Mullen and his staff a lot of credit from both identifying, recruiting, and developing a lot of these guys. I mean, obviously you didn't have to look very hard for Fletcher Cox or – you know, Chris Jones, people forget, Chris Jones was an offensive lineman at Nettleton High School, came to a Mississippi State team camp. 
and then ended up going to Houston and ended up being one of the best players uh, this state has ever produced. It's crazy how life works. But uh, he was an offensive lineman at Nettleton. He goes to Houston, and Billy Cook and that, Billy Cook and that group flip him over to defense, and he becomes, you know, a uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the game. It's incredible. Had a great career here at Mississippi State. But uh, it's been a great run. It's been a good week, and it's always nice to see some Bulldogs honored for their their play on the field. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a big Christmas for all of them. I'm sure there are some uh, some bonuses in those contracts associated with being selected to the Pro Bowl. So congratulations, guys. Spend the money well. We need to get Bart Gregory to get you an application to the Bulldog Club. All right, let's get to the top ten list. Brought to you by the folks at my bookie. My bookie's been with me a long time. If you if you were a long time listener to the show, you know my bookie kind of comes and goes, but they're a consistent advertiser with me. And listen, Christmas Day, it's going to be great. We're going to get NFL and NBA action on, uh, you know, on Friday. And then that will kind of lead us into a pretty cool weekend. Uh, the best place to bet on both of those ball games is my bookie. They're the only sports book that doesn't care at all whether you're on the naughty or the nice list this year. they got gifts for everybody. This may be the only gift some of you get. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer up to $1,000 in bonus cash for free. That's a great place to start, right? But we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And this year, my bookie has given you not one, not two, but six days of giveaway. It all started yesterday, so we've got five days left to kind of cash in there. They're hooking up players and with deals and promotions so exciting, we can't even talk about them on the air. Seriously, they sworn us to secrecy. So you have to sign up and find out for yourself. It's simple. Go to my bookie and use promo code BONEYARD to get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. That's exactly right. So if you go out there and you make a deposit of 200 bucks, they're going to give you 100 hours of house money to play with as well. Head over to my bookie right now to make the most of the holidays this year with six days of giveaways. This winter, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Okay, so today's top 10 list, no music today. We're doing Christmas movies. Now, I didn't do any animation. Okay, I know some of you are like, oh, well, Steve, you know, that's part of it. So I, I want to give an honorable mention out here to a few things. I didn't do any cartoons, okay? But the Charlie Brown Christmas is great. We all grew up watching that. I think it's out there on YouTube if you want to go watch it and relive your youth again. And then How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Man, that was, that's like from the 1960s. I mean, I grew up watching that. You know, and the Grinch, you know, obviously is, uh, is a bad guy initially and uh, kind of learns in the end the spirit of Christmas. And then The Nightmare Before Christmas. And some people say, Steve, it's a Halloween movie. No, it's not. Thus, The Nightmare Before Christmas. One of the main characters, of course, is wanting to change holidays, wants to kind of bored with the Halloween job, wants to make a move to Christmas. So go check those out. Uh, but again, no animation in the top ten. Okay, so here we go. And these are my, this is my top ten. Your top ten may differ. Your top ten would be wrong. Number ten for me, and you say, Steve, it's not a Christmas movie. You're wrong. It's The Ref. The Ref with Dennis Leary. Kevin Spacey's also in that movie. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. I was a huge Dennis Leary fan. I used to have the – I still have the CD, No Cure for Cancer. Uh, Dennis is hilarious. He's kind of in your face. He's mellowed a little bit over the years, but he was at his best in the ref. He's a jewel thief, and uh, they lock the houses down. They're looking door to door. Go check it out. You'll like the movie. A lot of funny things happen, uh, especially at dinner when everybody finally gets honest. Number nine, Four Christmases. That is a Vince Vaughn movie. I'm a big Vince Vaughn fan. I think everybody is. It's an exciting time when you put in a Vince Vaughn movie because you know that hilarity is bound to ensue for Christmas is a little more serious but uh, still that Vince Vaughn humor go check that out I know a lot of people tell me it is their favorite Christmas movie number eight Home Alone 
and I saw that when I was a kid. They've had all these the sequels, but the first one, the absolute best, Home Alone. I don't know how that happens. You know, no matter. I mean, I've got a bunch of kids too. I've never left any of them at home on a family trip. I've wanted to leave them sometimes. I just kidding, uh, but I haven't. Home Alone. That's a great kids movie. Every kid likes it. The kid uh, Macaulay Culkin uh, had a pretty good career. Looks like uh, success hasn't necessarily agreed with him though. Looking kind of rough these days. Uh, number seven. The Bill Murray classic, years and years ago, Scrooged. Thought it was a great film. Actually saw it at the movies back then. I don't know that it gets enough acclaim as a Christmas movie. It is a really good one. And Bill Murray, of course, at the time was an absolute comedic legend. Number six, the classic. And if you haven't seen it yet, I would encourage you to do so. If you if you really want to believe in Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street. It's another classic. It's been around for generations. A lot of people get up and watch that one you know, on Christmas Eve, and it's wonderful. It is. It makes you feel good about the season, not so commercialized. Number five, another classic, and I don't know that you could put a list like this together without mentioning them, but it's a wonderful life, you know, and it's, there's so many times that uh, we make life about us, you know. I mean, they, they tell us to be selfish in certain aspects of life, but uh, it's a wonderful life. It's one of those films where you all, a lot of things are, you take for granted and you begin to kind of see that uh, at the end of the day, what we value most in life is family. And uh, it's important to have that. And I know a lot of people maybe are estranged from their family and, you know, maybe aren't able to celebrate together. That's unfortunate. But uh, it's a wonderful life. Kind of makes you think, you know what, I need to appreciate those around me probably more so than the things that I have. Number four, Tim Allen movie. And I love it, man. I, I think my kids watch this probably 500 times. This is Santa Claus. This is when, uh, you know, Santa Claus has an unfortunate accident. And uh, Tim Allen takes the card and becomes Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, a lot of crazy things happen beyond that. But it was a really good take on a Christmas movie. I think you'll enjoy that if you haven't already. Number three, there are times in my life I could have said this is number one. Uh, I love Chevy Chase. I thought Chevy Chase was hilarious. That's one thing. We talk about 80s rock a lot. I'm so glad to have been around in the 80s with all these great uh, comedy writers and performers that uh, you know really did some big things, and it's Christmas Vacation. I, I love the National Lampoon series with uh, Chevy Chase, Vacation, Vegas Vacation, Christmas Vacation, all of them. Beverly D'Angelo, beautiful woman, incredible comedic talent as well. Uh, the kids kind of changed over time, you know, different roles or whatever. But uh, listen, you know, it's uh, it's Bulldog fans. Rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scoot. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink. 
and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Clark Griswold and Ellen Griswold. I mean, European vacation, all that. If you haven't seen that, you owe it to yourself as a young person if you haven't. Go watch that entire series. You will fall in love with Clark Griswold. He is the the dad of the dad joke, for sure. Number two, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, and uh, it's fairly recent. It's only come out probably in the last dozen years or so, maybe a little bit longer. Time flies when you're paying the mortgage and raising kids. Uh, But it's Elf. Uh, I think it's Will Will Ferrell's best role, actually. Uh, I I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, James Caan is in the movie. And, uh, again, it's such a crazy, crazy take on a Christmas-themed type movie. You know, Buddy, of course, Buddy the Elf, and he's a real person. You know, Santa Claus finds him, and he basically adopts him, and, uh, you know, he outgrows his usefulness there uh, at the North Pole. But uh, I, I love every bit of it. I love, uh, you know, when uh, he, he confronts the fake Santa, who I believe is Artie Lang, at the, the, the uh, department store. When he says, uh, you sit on a throne of lies. But number one for me, and this goes back to when I was a kid. This movie came out, saw it on HBO for the first time. It's a Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Because all he ever really wanted was a Red Rider BB gun. And there, but there's so many things. It's, it's similar to Christmas Vacation, where there is this consistent theme, but there's all these little bits within the, 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 the movie that make it so hilarious. But that's the best one for me. I think there's a lot of good things in there about it. Of course, there's uh, some funny things that go along with kids, and uh, there's the fist fight and all that sort of stuff, and uh, you know him washing his mouth out with soap and all that. But all that is hilarious. And, of course, the, uh, the leg lamp, right? The leg lamp. I don't know that your holiday decorations are complete if you don't have a leg lamp. I should probably order one on eBay today. But that's my Christmas movie list. I hope you enjoy that. And if you're looking for some uh, some Christmas Eve comedy or something to look at, most of most of these are really heartwarming or comedic. I, you know, I don't I don't like the real heavy stuff around this time of year. I mean, there's enough in life that uh, that holds us back. I like to be able to celebrate Christmas with all you guys. So that's my top ten list. 
and uh, look forward to uh, to getting your feedback. Got next in the next week. Let me go ahead and tell you, we've already got the schedule for the top ten list out. I'm not going to tell you who, but on Monday we're going to return to the Rock. We're going to go back and we're going to we're going to talk about one of the greatest vocalists in metal. And then on Wednesday we're going to go with a true country gentleman. I have some people that say, Steve, you don't do enough country. Well, I'm going to do a country legend on Wednesday. And then we're going to go back to one of the biggest rock bands in the world on Friday. That's, that's the schedule for next week, so look forward to that. If you have suggestions for the top ten list, reach out let me know. I've got a friend of mine that keeps messaging me and says, Steve, you got to do Bad Company, and I do. I'll try to work that in sometime during the month of January. Looking forward to every bit of that. You know, if you're looking for a Christmas present for yourself, perhaps maybe you didn't get everything you want and you know that somebody's going to let you down, visit the friends at manscaped.com and kind of take matters into your own hands. Manscaped does the absolute best job of providing the tools you need to take care of your manscaping. Simple as that. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers this year are the Crop Preserver. It's a deodorant. The name kind of speaks for itself. The Crop Reviver Toner, a spray-on toner that it will give you a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash is a full body wash you can even use on your hair. That's awfully efficient, right? The Crop Mop Wipes, you never know when an opportunity may strike, so it's nice to be prepared. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant is designed to keep even the dirtiest feet smelling fresh, and some of you have the stank foot. Your friends are scared to tell you. I'm here as your friend to tell you. You need to get the Foot Duster. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. Stop chewing your nails like a Neanderthal. Put some time and effort into cleaning yourself up, especially for date night. Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. Who knew that we would grow into such a calamity? Let's not forget the best trimmer for your intimate areas. The Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which keeps you free from grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan-free, cruelty-free, dye-free, gluten-free, sulfate-free, rebel-free, paraben-free, in-law-free, so you know these products are legit. Get, go 20% off and free shipping by using promo code BONEYARD. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using promo code BONEYARD. It may be the best gift you get this year, and it may be a gift you give yourself. All right, so uh, a couple more things to get into before we get out of here. We talk about you know, the state of the SEC. So Tennessee and South Carolina have now opted out of bowl games uh, for, quote, COVID-related issues. I don't know the situation at South Carolina other than to say that they're you know, the outgoing staff are looking for jobs and the incoming guys are looking for houses. And so I don't know, maybe it's not in their best interest to play in a bowl game, especially after winning two games this year. Probably a good chance they're going to lose that one too. And maybe they're just thinking, you know what, we've already taken all of our misery at once. We don't want to add to it. I do think the Tennessee situation is probably not as simple as a COVID-related issue. I, I just don't believe that. I've talked to enough people that say, well, you know, the others, a lot of guys have got COVID. And that's true. That's true, but they haven't had the opt-outs and transfers like many of us have. And, uh, you know, Garantano, of course, is in the portal. And there is a lot, a lot of problems around the University of Tennessee right now. I am told there are some potential allegations for tampering. Uh, as you guys are well aware, that there is a, uh, an investigation into some potential impermissible benefits to uh, recruits and current players. And then on top of that, you win three games this year. And, you know, Phil Fulmer up there, and that's the thing you look back to. We, we all talked a couple years ago about what a great SEC hiring class that was. 
Chad Morris goes to Arkansas, gets fired in the middle of a second season. Joe Moorhead goes to Mississippi State, gets fired after just two years. And now Jeremy Pruitt up there in year three is really struggling. Of course, they, they put it together last year and had uh, one time, I guess, the second longest winning streak in the country and uh, played pretty well. But they didn't really beat anybody. They didn't beat anybody of note, and they kind of paid the piper this year. That thing is running off the tracks, man. I mean, listen, I don't know if Phil Fulmer survives this. You know, maybe Phil goes and decides to retire and becomes the uh, athletic director emeritus or whatever. But, you know, here's the thing. You know, Fulmer is one of those guys, too, that's kind of been a will-to-power guy. He is a guy that, that many times has, um, you know, kind of done what he's needed to do to advance his own interests. And so it'll be interesting to see if the best interests of Tennessee are served here or the best interests of Phil Fulmer are served here. Uh, is Phil Fulmer tied to Jeremy Pruitt? I don't know. But do you want Phil Fulmer making the next hire, especially with the climate that we have in college football right now? Those are the questions you kind of got to ask yourself, is do you trust this guy to make the next hire? I don't know. You know, I know that uh, he became the head coach at the University of Tennessee to the detriment of Johnny Majors. He became the AD at the University of Tennessee to the detriment of John Curry. And, of course, people remember what an absolute disaster that head coaching search was at the University of Tennessee. I really believe that Curry felt like he had Dan Mullen handled. I really believe that he felt like, you know what, Dan Mullen's our guy. And then all of a sudden, Florida decides to make a change. And then Scott Strickland reaches out to John Cohen the Wednesday before the Egg Bowl and says, hey, we'd like permission to speak to Dan after the game. And then Florida comes in and really throws a wrench in everything Tennessee had planned. They end up hiring Greg Schiano, and then people riot in the streets, literally. They had to back out of that deal. I'm sure they still had to pay Siano some money. Um, and then Curry ultimately is, uh, loses his job and Fulmer comes in. And so, you know, the culture at Tennessee is absolutely rotten. It is a bad culture. And that's one of the things for many years that Tennessee kind of prided themselves on is they had a winning culture. They recruited nationally. And I think at this point, nobody sees Tennessee as a destination-type job any longer. I don't think anybody feels that way. I don't think there's anybody in the SEC that looks at Tennessee and says, you know what, that's a great situation. I want to go be a part of that. I think in order to get to, to correct the, the ship there, to right the ship, you got to go get an, an AD that's going to be there for long term. Listen, no coach wants to work for a short-term AD. They don't. Because new ADs come in, they want their own people. We also look at the University of Florida, and who knew the University of Florida was under investigation? They're on one-year probation now. So you've got the NCAA issues that are being investigated at Tennessee. You've got Florida on probation, and then you've got a mess down at LSU. And Dan Mullen hit with a one-year show calls. And I know some of you that maybe don't, don't really keep up with uh, NCAA stuff, you're thinking, well, hey, I don't understand. Dan Mullen's already served this one-year you know, show calls thing. Well, that's not true. The way that this is handled this year is any penalty that cannot be fully enforced is carried over to the next year. You know, Mississippi State has some um, – some penalties, you know, like we had a couple, we had, we had a game we couldn't have prospects for, but we couldn't host prospects this year, so that carries over. We had a reduction in some evaluation days. Well, since we didn't have spring evaluation or off-campus recruiting, that carries over. So much is the case for Dan Mullen now, 
And so because of the fact that there was no in-home visits this year, there was no off-campus recruiting, Dan Mullen's uh, prohibition on in-person recruiting during the fall of 2020 will carry over to the fall of 2021, which could be awfully interesting. They go have in-home visits and the head coach can't come. And so let's say they're recruiting against Alabama and Florida State or whoever, and those head coaches are able to come in and have dinner with mom and put feet under her table, and then Dan Mullen can't. That could prove to be somewhat significant. And some people say, well, it's a slap on the wrist. You know, when you can't go out there and do the same things that your, your, you know, peers can do, uh, that could be something that you have to explain to every single kid. Well, we can't – well, Coach Mullen can't come because we got in trouble with NCAA. And if you don't think that other schools are going to use that, you're kidding yourself. We mentioned the mess at LSU, which continues to get worse by the day. You know, of course, they're gutting the staff up there, and uh, Ed's going to have a tough time hiring people. But, um, you know, this Title IX stuff seems to be very, very, very severe. There are, they've already taken the one-year bowl ban this year to try to get ahead of these uh, sanctions that are coming from the NCAA. And then when you look at the Title IX stuff, uh, it could be really significant. LSU is staring lack of institutional control right in the face because of the will weight issues and then the issues related to football, some that predate Ed Orr's run. And so, as we mentioned in the Ole Miss case, you know, this is basically a culture of noncompliance down there. And if you know anything about LSU, you know this, is they don't have a natural enemy down there, so they do cut a lot of corners. And so some of that has kind of come to light. And some of it is absolutely, you know, pathetic. You know, it's taking money from the Catholic charity uh, away from kids that are suffering from cancer to get players. That, that is absolutely awful. Uh, and people say, well, you know, the guy was held accountable. Well, LSU benefited from that relationship. And, so, and he was a donor. He was an LSU donor, and uh, as we have seen, that uh, donors can get you in trouble. Speaking of donors, uh, you know, finally, uh, I guess Brian Parson has taken the job from Boise State at, at Auburn, and what an absolute train wreck this thing at Auburn has been. That's one of the things that I look at, and I begin to kind of question myself. If you went ahead and fired Gus Malzahn, well, why didn't you already have somebody ready to go? And maybe they did. Maybe it was a situation that, like John Curry, uh, you know, kind of experienced in Tennessee. You know, maybe they had somebody on the hook or so they thought, and then things changed. But this thing is like has kind of been the textbook definition of how not to run a coaching search. And listen, I know a lot of it, too, is not fair to Auburn because you have all these media leaks and there's all this stuff out there and people have agendas and they get stuff to guys in the media and hoping that we all run with it. But it seemed like they were getting turned down every single day. You know, and what's going on with Brent Venables at Clemson? It's clear that Brent Venables has no interest in being a head coach anywhere outside of the University of Clemson. I think he's happy uh, at Clemson University with, with Dabo. I mean, they got a chance there. They're playing for a national championship uh, every year, it seems. And, uh, you know, Brent's not making a move. And, you know, Mississippi State had some interest in him too, but he hadn't, he hadn't made a move. And as soon as he's mentioned as the leading candidate, 30 minutes later, he's out. Bill Clark is mentioned as a leading candidate, and then he's out. Uh, Billy Napier mentioned as the, the, the guy to beat, and he's out. You know, And so a lot, of this, a lot of chatter behind the scenes is about booster involvement, that the culture at Auburn is too booster-friendly, that you've got a situation here where there are too many people that have a say in things that, um, you know, with football, and that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And there's a lot of discussions about the old guard at Auburn we're like, hey, you can hire whoever you want, but they have to keep Kevin Steele. They got to keep Cody Burns. They got to keep Rodney Garner and others. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot. If I'm a head coach, I don't want anybody telling me 
how to staff my program. And then I don't want anybody to be able to say that, oh, well, that they're beholden to somebody beyond me. I want my staff to be loyal to me and not loyal to some donor somewhere. And so some of that at Auburn, uh, the well has kind of been poisoned by people that won't keep their access. And I, I tell you, it's, I, I read, I don't know who tweeted it, but I thought it was outstanding. It said there are some people at Auburn that would rather walk the sidelines of a 7-5 and five Auburn team than sit in a suite and see a national championship. And that, there's probably some truth to some of that. But uh, an interesting situation, to say the least. So that's kind of look around the league and uh, a lot of craziness. And I'm just so glad at this point we're not having to deal with this. In the last couple of years, you know, we have, of course, the, the search to hire Joe Moorhead, the search to hire Mike Leach, and then we had the Tudor Gate stuff. I'm glad we're getting a year off from all of that, and I'm sure that John Cohen and Bracky Brett feel exactly the same way that you and I do. It's nice to be able to go into the offseason and not have to worry about all this sort of stuff. And, of course, you know, things can always change. You know, I mean, goodness, you know, what if somebody comes after Arnett? You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's something we'll have to deal with. You know, but uh, so far, I think Zach Arnett wants to be at Mississippi State. I think he sees a pathway to head coach. Uh, right here at Mississippi State. I think if he stays here and works the life of this next contract, this thing's going to turn around. He's going to be a very attractive coach uh, for somebody. All right, Campus Bookmart. Listen, it's probably too late to do online orders in time for Christmas, but here's the deal. Go by Campus Bookmart and see Stan the Man and Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. Go by and see them. And uh, I think I think the, I think Susie's out for the week, so you you may have to miss her. You may have to go in there and get you a New Year's Eve kiss. But um, you're not going to be able to uh, to go by and see her. But you can go see Stan the Man, and they're going to be open uh, today and part of today tomorrow, and they're going to be closed on Christmas Day. But I, listen, if you're still looking for Mississippi State gifts and you're in the area, go by and see Campus Bookmart. And you know what? If you don't get what you want, you know maybe you're holding out for that uh, M over S hoodie for Christmas and you don't get it. Order it for yourself. Go to campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Campus Bookmart. All right, let's talk a little recruiting. Uh, Jadarius Perkins from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a highly coveted cornerback from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, going to announce his decision on Christmas Day. It was talked that he might uh, do it tomorrow. So here's what I've learned. Uh, it was, for a long time, it was between State and Oklahoma, and then Missouri was kind of charging up late. I am told today it is likely going to be between Mississippi State and Missouri, and that Charlie Harbison in Missouri has done a great job recruiting the kid and his family, and uh, this thing is probably a lot closer than people realize. I know when people read and hear Oklahoma probably not going to take him, they think, okay, we'll get him by default. That's not the case. Missouri is still working hard to get them. And if you saw their secondary this past weekend, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They need some experienced guys uh, in that lineup and in that defensive backfield. And so they have made him a priority. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Now, I, maybe, maybe it'll be too little too late. But I do know this. I do know they are recruiting him very, very, very hard. Uh, he was committed to Oregon. I was told this is simply too far from home. As great as the Oregon program has played here as of late, won a Pac-12 championship. I know Mario Cristobal, who is one of the better recruiters in the country, has made Perkins feel like a priority. But I don't think he's going to go to Oregon. And by the time we get back together again, he'll have made his decision and announced uh, his college destination. I still feel pretty good about Mississippi State's chances, but I don't think this is the slam dunk that other people do. 
All right, uh, news, too, with Ty Cooper's recruitment. You know, that's the, the uh, longtime defensive end target out of Louisville High School. Uh, State and Ole Miss have kind of bowed back and forth in that, that thing for months, and the guy that has really kept Ole Miss in it, Deke Adams, has now been terminated at Ole Miss. And, uh, yeah, listen, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts to recruiting, but it's about relationships, and Deke Adams is a great recruiter. Some people would say, well, you know, I don't know how great a coach he is. But, you know, here's the thing I'll say about that is that uh, he did a great job at Mississippi State last year. Guy had to play true freshman, Fabian Lovett and Jaden Cromedy on the interior before three defense. You know, you got to go out there and play true freshman in this league in the trenches against those veteran interior linemen. And we got better over the course of the year. We did. But it's not one of those situations you look at and say, well, you know, we had a great year up front. We didn't have a great year up front, but it was really more about inexperience than it was coaching. I think Deke kind of got uh, kind of saddled with that indictment. I don't know that's really the case. But, uh, listen, he did a great job recruiting at Ole Miss this year. They get uh, uh, Jamont Gordon, originally out of Meridian at East Mississippi Community College and uh, considered by many to be the top interior defensive lineman in the JUCO ranks this year. He's headed to Oxford. Uh, you get DeMarcus Smith out of Florence, Alabama, and that was a guy that at one time had decommitted from Ole Miss and looked to be leaning towards Mississippi State. They closed it, Ole Miss closed the deal. They got things done. And so you look up and down that list and you say, you know what? Hey, listen, Dig did a good job kind of getting the talent in there, and now he's gone. He won't get a chance to coach him. And I understand that the parting of the ways was not necessarily uh, mutual. A lot of people would say, well, you know, then Landlord has hired his brother, Chris Kiffin. I've heard that it's probably – uh, the direction that they'll go, former defensive line coach under Hugh Freeze uh, at Ole Miss. So that's a guy, too. And people say, well, what about the nepotism laws? Well, I'm told since he's already served in that capacity before, you kind of get around all that. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, listen, what happens is what happens. Now, with Deke Adams out of the way, does that clear the, the, the path for State to go ahead and pick up Ty Cooper? I think that's probably the case. And as I've told people before, a lot of people get their feelings hurt when it comes to recruiting. You know, listen, and let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, I would submit that most of our spouses, we weren't their first pick either. That's even being silly. Well, I mean, that's just part of That's why you date, right? And that's why you recruit. That's why you recruit. You go out there and you, you, you work hard to convince people that their, that their future, the best shot at a great future, lies with your program. Sort of like dating, right? Sometimes it's our call to break off the relationship. Sometimes it's theirs. But it doesn't matter when you get Ty Cooper as long as you get him, Right? He wasn't going to enroll in um, January anyway, despite the fact that he is a December graduate. So uh, I feel good about Ty Cooper. I don't feel great. You know, I feel good about it because I think that Mississippi State has probably done uh, a really good job recruiting them. And if Deke Adams hadn't been at Louisville, I think he'd already be a Bulldog. And some would say, well, you know, we want guys to be here. Well, you know, I think Ty Cooper wants to be here. But I think it's a, the, the recruiting process has weighed on him heavily, and it's been very difficult to make a decision. Now that Deke Adams, the guy that his primary recruiter is not at Oxford, you would hope that clears a patch for Mississippi State to go ahead and finish this thing up. And we've only got about six weeks, you know. And so Ty has said that he's not going to wait till signing day. He's probably going to announce a commitment uh, sometime in the month of January and then, uh, and then sign on in February. But that's where that stands. And, then, and remember, too, Deontay Anderson, we talked, we needed to get two more defensive ends. I shared with you guys that the three most likely candidates were Byron Turner, who signed on with Florida State, Ty Cooper, and Deontay Anderson. I shared with you then, if we got two of those three, then we have done really well. 
You put those guys in with Randy Charlton, a grad transfer, excuse me, a transfer from Central Florida, and uh, you know, Trevon Marshall, and I feel like if you've done really well. And I think Trevon Marshall is very much a developmental guy. But uh, Deontay Anderson, Ty Cooper, guys that can be really, really solid edge rushers for you. I like Ty Cooper more as a five-tech. I've heard some people talk about him playing three-tech. I don't know in this scheme if that really works. I think he probably needs to be a defensive end with a hand in the ground. And I see, uh, you know, Anderson is a stand-up guy in a two-point stance, kind of like we use Montez Sweat. Not to say he's the same player, but I think he kind of serves the same role. But uh, I like our chances, obviously, with Deontay Anderson. You know, uh, from what I understand, he's already made his decision. We'll just simply make an announcement uh, on January 2nd. He is selected to the All-American Bowl game. They're not going to play the bowl game. They're going to have a two-hour presentation on NBC kind of profiling the players, and then a handful of those guys will announce their college decisions. Deontay is one of those. My crystal ball pick is in for Mississippi State. All right, many of you have considered uh, moving to Starkville or relocating in and around Starkville. Our friend Brooks Bryan, you guys know Brooks. You know exactly who that is. Brooks helped us go to Omaha twice, but um, probably his claim to fame, in addition to that fabulous hair, is the fact that he robbed a home run against the University of Washington. And and it's just incredible to think about how enormous that play was that sent us to Omaha. It won the game. So Brooks is part of this new Portico residential development here in Starkville. A lot of people are excited about this. It's located just off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership. Just 1.1 miles from campus. You can't beat that. You could even get out and go do your runs each day and run down the highway and run on campus and then run back home. Very easy access to both Highway 82 and 25. There will be 51 houses total in the development. 18 houses in the first phase are approaching movement condition, and there are 33 houses in the second phase that will begin construction next year. Houses for every size family, 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, and from two-bedroom, two-bath, to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area as well. If you'd like more information, and I'm, I'm sure you do, I'm sure you'd want to know a little more about that. I mean, maybe you've thought, you know what, one day I'd like to move to Starkville, and I don't know how affordable it would be. I don't know what my options would be. Call Brooks at 601-416-8075. That's Brooks Bryan, 601-416-8075. Okay, so in the few more minutes we have together, I'll just kind of explain a few things for you if I can. So I, I made the jump to go independent, you know, when, uh, when V-Sporto and Bulldog Sports Radio went away. And uh, I considered buying Bulldog Sports Radio and kind of keeping the band together. Uh, even considered buying um, Rebel Sports Radio, too, and kind of letting them run that. But I, cause I, th- I thought we had a really good thing going and kind of give the, the talent some ownership in the shows and a chance to make a little more money. That was the plan. And, uh, you know, things didn't work out, you know, as... Uh, you know, I, and I got ready to buy Bulldog Sports Radio. The money that I offered them, I thought, was uh, was more than fair. They didn't think so. And then they came back late and said, okay, we'll do the deal. And at that point, I'd already kind of moved on. And so I moved on by myself. And for a while, I was on SoundCloud. And, um, you know, it was difficult to find a show at times. You guys still had the Bulldog Sports Radio app on your phone. Let me encourage you, if you still have it, go ahead and delete it. It's dead. But it's been a tremendous year. And as great as last year was, which was the biggest year in Boneyard history, this year is even bigger, even bigger. And uh, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am for each of you uh, for, for giving me some purpose with all this. Because when I first started doing this show, to be honest with you, when they first offered me a show, I told them, no, I said, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. 
And then I agreed to do a recruiting show for Bulldog Sports Radio and uh, for a little bit of money. Not a lot. But uh, it was about a 25-minute show. And then I got here to Starkville, and I said, you know what, instead of doing this thing every Monday and Friday, what if we did it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? And so then all of a sudden you guys got three shows. Well, then the shows got longer. And then, you know, when Brian and I left uh, V Sporto, you know, let me back up a second. We we had the uh, the studio there in the... uh, in the research park there in the incubator. We ended up moving out of there and we started recording in Brian's house. And some days we'd have pr- trouble and some days we wouldn't. But we, we found a way to make it through. And then eventually, you know, I decided when, when V-Sporto ended, uh, Brian and I both decided to go independent. Now, of course, he's doing his show, you know, with uh, Super Talk. But um, I moved on. I owned the show. And, uh, you know, for better or for worse, there have been some issues here and there. But uh, it has been remarkable to me that you guys have stuck with me all this time and every time I go somewhere and I go to a book signing I always have some wife or some child that comes up and says you know I know your voice it's weird to hear you talk in person because I listen to you all the time you know every time we get in the car on the way to the ball game we put the barnyard on and some people they say they listen to it more than once which is interesting but uh, it's been a tremendous year this has been the biggest year in the history of the barnyard uh, the shows have gotten longer listenership has skyrocketed again advertising's gone great and listen i'm still trying to figure all this stuff out and i apologize sometimes there's some rude interruptions with all that maybe i've got it figured out maybe i don't but uh i've got people that are working to help me with that but um i just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that have come out this year and bought books uh that listened to the show or just come up and say hello uh, I, when i first moved to Starkville, even the, in advance of moving up here I said, you know, all I want to really want to do is tell the Mississippi State story. You know, when I worked for Fox Sports, you know, I had to cover stuff in Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And I said, you know what, it's going to be so nice to just be able to talk about Mississippi high school sports and then talk about Mississippi State. And uh, it has been one of the greatest joys of my life, and I've really committed so much time and effort to telling the Mississippi State story. And we're going to continue to do that. I, I believe that even bigger things are going to come in 2021. And I've shared with you guys a couple times that uh, there's some things that I can't really talk about yet. And uh, my hope is here in the next few weeks that we can. But uh, there is something out there that uh, looks like it's going to happen uh, in late spring that uh, could make the boneyard and everything else bigger than it's ever been before. So I'll give you the details when we have it. But um, I want each and every one of you to know this, is that uh, I love and appreciate you and your support, and I hope that you and your families have the best Christmas ever. And after all we've been through this year, with all the quarantine and, and many people have had such financial difficulties, I mean, they really have, that I hope that for a while there we can kind of forget some of that and let's really appreciate each other. That, that's my goal over the course of the next few days. You know, we'll, we'll have Christmas here, and then we'll, you know, we have to go see you know, grandma and grandpa and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, and listen, sometimes that feels like such an intrusion to my schedule. But this year I tried to be a little bit lighter because I want to be able to make those trips. I didn't get to go last year. And so I'm looking forward to kind of being around family and kind of being Steve for a while, not necessarily being Rose Bowl, but it's kind of being around the people that, that knew me before all of this. And uh, my hope is, is that you get a chance to be with those you love the most. And if you can't be, my hope is you'll pick up the phone and call them and tell them how much you love them. Until next time, which will be Monday, no Christmas Day boneyard, 
on Monday. We'll get back together. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.